Welcome back to the Gen Z Speaks podcast. With us today is another really interesting guest, Laith Masarwe. He is an entrepreneur and currently the founder slash CEO at Assistantly. Uh, he's been an entrepreneur since he was eight years old. And today he'll just be walking um, walking through his entrepreneurial journey with us and how he got started in business and some of his projects right now and his current work at Assistantly and other projects. So welcome to the show, Laith. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm super excited to, uh, I guess, talk about me and then you know, see how I can help and inspire, you know, other people. And I, I know you, you know, you, what you guys are doing is really great for um, whether you're Gen Z, millennial, baby boomer, doesn't really matter, right? Um, it, it's cool for somebody to hopefully get inspired to do something great. So, absolutely, and we're lucky to have you. Walk us through that, you know, eight-year-old Lath. Like, what was going through your mind, and like how you were just inspired to, you know put yourself out there and explore entrepreneurship at such a young age. Yeah. So I, I mean, it sounds weird when you say like, you know, Hey, you're working at eight years old, right. That sounds like what kind of child labor, you know, those, that must be breaking some child labor laws. I wouldn't say working at eight years old is really my choice. Right. You know, it was more like my, my dad, uh, he owns like a middle Eastern grocery market. I'm in Sacramento. And, you know, when, when he started the market, uh, you know, when I was like eight years old in Sacramento, he just like, I just, it's just like kind of like the cultural thing. Like you just, I'm not doing anything like come to work with me. And it's like, you know, for him, cause that's, he grew up as a farmer. So like he was working like, you know, when he was a little kid. So for, for me, you know, he, he brought me in and it was like, it's me and you buddy. Like, you know, let's, let's get to work. And, you know, being eight years old, you're like shy and naive and you don't know what's really going on in the world. I mean, you're only in elementary or middle school, uh, your elementary school, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're eight years old. So, you know, I like, he just brought me in and I was just like getting accustomed to like life essentially. Like it's, it's pretty weird tossing an eight, like you wouldn't go to like a Ralph's grocery store and see an eight year old behind the cashier. Right. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. Cause like, they're not going to know, but I just kind of followed as kind of took his lead, just watched what he did. And, you know, whether it was like cashier or like sweeping or like stocking, you know, like he had like three tiers of his shelves. And like, I was only able to reach the first tier cause I was so short, you know? So it was like, it was, it was cool. Like, I mean, I look back at it and I'm like, damn, that, that was tough. Like, that was really hard. You know, why would I, why did he make me do that? But like, you know, you come back like almost 20 years later and you're like, oh, like I understand. But like, it, it's like, he started taking me to the store when I was eight, like he'd wake me up in the morning. Like, uh, you know, if I didn't have school, he'd be like, Hey, you're coming to work. And it was just, wasn't really much of an option. And, you know, I would, I would try to like get out of it. Like I'd pretend like I was sleeping or I'd pretend like I was sick and, you know, but like for him, it's like, who cares? You know, it's, it's a cough or, you know, you're not sleeping and just wake me up and take me. So it's, you know, from like eight years old to like mm, pretty much from eight years old to high school. Cause I was in Sacramento. I was just working in the store a lot, you know, on the weekends, on the weekdays, if I wasn't in school and if I, you know, if I wasn't playing soccer, then I was at the store. Like there wasn't really like, you know, a thing where like, I would like hang out with friends a ton or like go do these crazy adventures and activities. It was just like, I was like ingrained with like, you know, like school soccer work but for him it's kind of a toss-up between work and soccer so um yeah I mean like like at a young age like when you don't know that much it's it's interesting to like interact with people that are older so like it, it really taught me to become like from like shy naive to like actually start having a voice and conversating with people and joking with people and my dad is like a super lax guy like he's like really like fun and funny he makes jokes and like he doesn't really give a shit like he's very authentic he's not trying to impress anybody it's like the typical, like you go to Ralph's and it's like, sir, how can I, it's like, he's just funny. And I like, I learned a lot, you know, like 
from him and um, kind of how he handles his customers and like why he has such a loyal customer base. And, um, you know, I helped him grow the store essentially just from like, you know, just doing different things. And, you know, I, I have a different mind on it, but he's, he's still in the store today. It's not like, it's like gone. Like he's still in the exact same thing as if I was eight. when it, it looks the exact same when I was eight, he's in the exact same as if I was eight. It's like, it's, it's crazy to see like, in like last 20, he's still doing the exact same thing. So. You know, I think even though you were such a young, at a young age, you still got like a wealth of experience just working with your dad. But what was the most important lesson that you learned? And I know it's hard to like pinpoint one thing, but if you could, like, what what do you think it'd be? Yeah. I mean, you know, working with my dad is just like, I mean, dude, like he, he, I just like, kind of just like buck up. I mean, like you go through shit, right? Like you just like, you have to go through shit. And like, you know, with me, like I was like, you know, sweeping floors, the cleaning, you know, to cleaning bathrooms to like, you know, helping cut meat, like not in that order. Right. Cause that'd be weird. But you know, like, it, it was just like, like you kind of have to go through like the trenches and like go, like kind of learn, you know, like the bottom level tasks to get up to like, you know, just doing the cashier or just stocking. So it's like, you know, with me, it's like, I always expected, like when I started a business, I'm not going to like, I'm going to have to do everything right. You know, at, at first and understand it, like, and understand how everything works, then I'm going to be able to delegate it. So like I was able to, you know, like he taught me everything. So then when, when he taught me everything, it's like easy to delegate. So like, I was like really well-rounded, which was great. But like the problem with him is because like, you know, he knows how to do everything and he has trust issues in delegating it to, to other people. For me, I learned that like, it's good to learn everything, go through shit, but then like, once you have it figured out, like to start like having people do what they're good at. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, so similar experience. Um, so when I was younger, for whatever reason, like I was like, my dad was my, is my idol still. Right. But like, he was my idol. And so I didn't really like want to hang out with like friends. Like when I, like out of school, I was like, I don't really want to hang out with friends. I kind of want to just go to his work. And so he worked in, um, in an office in downtown LA for like this retail company. Um, and like, I remember just going that like, he would try to drop me off like summer, like summer camp, stuff like that during like summer and stuff. And like, I just wanted to go to work with him. Right. And it's not it, a little different, right. Cause I'm not doing actual tasks. Like you were doing, like getting that, like hands-on, um, like the hands-on experience, but just kind of like watching and just like sitting in the conferences and talking to like people, um, that he would have to communicate with in order to like, see how the operations are working or, you know, how furniture is compared to like tech and like tech sales and all of that. And you kind of learn like margins when you're younger and like you learn stuff that mm. other, other kids don't know. Right. Um, and so similar to you, like I was a business major, but for 100%, like going through that experience young and then taking that on and kind of like stacking it in high school and learning more about investing and like real estate and like stuff like that. Um, it made college a lot easier in my opinion, like, cause you already understood, Probably. right. It, it, would do you have a similar like experience with that? Oh yeah. I mean, like I always say like the best education I received was probably from that store. I mean, I went to high school. I went to a four-year university here in Orange County. I mean, the, 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 like the way I learned the most about like the business world or just life in general was just working. Right. Like, cause like, right. you know, when, once, if you're like working in, you know, and you like in the trenches, like you're actually in it, you know, like mm-hmm. where in school, they try teaching you stuff where it's like realistic, not really realistic. Like, you know, they don't teach you like I went to a four-year school and I'm not to discredit it I had a great experience but it's like I didn't learn how to create like an LLC or S corp or how to do taxes properly or like you know how you know how to create SOPs or how to break up your business and like admin ops marketing sales social media like I didn't learn any of that shit like I 
I, I learned, you know, by doing and like understanding by like being in business, you know, and, and it's really helped. But like, I, I would say like, yeah, like I, I would say like working with my dad helped like prepare me for like what the future, like whether it was college or high school or, you know, my, my first corporate job or whatever. Like I, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm super unprepared. So, so actually talk to us about your college experience. So, you know, was it a choice? Was it your choice to go to college or was it because of your parents or, you know, what was that choice going into college? And why did you, did you always have that entrepreneurial mindset where you're like, I want to do a business major. I want to, you know, make a company after, or was it just, I like business. So I'm going into it, you know? I, I mean, I understood business like pretty decent, you know, for like coming into college just by like working with my dad. I mean, he has a small grocery store. It's not like he has massive chains or anything, you know, like, and he does, he's a very old school guy, like, you know, and I, if, if I went in there now, like it'd be completely different, but he won't let me. And so it's, it's, I'll let him do him. Right. So, but like, I, I mean, I, I, did, I mean, I wanted to go to college, like, you know, I wanted to, you know, cause everybody was like education, education, education. And I didn't know what college entailed. Like I thought I was going to learn all this stuff more about business than I did, but it really wasn't so much like that. Um, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur and be like my own boss, right? Like everybody wants to be their own boss and do their own thing. Uh, but like, I didn't know what I want. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I knew I wanted to do business, but like, I, I couldn't pinpoint what I wanted to do. Like, I, I, like, I took a class at Chapman where I really got into virtual reality and augmented reality, but like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So then like, I, I ended up working, like, you know, I, I was doing some mock interviews at Chapman and I, I ended up meeting like my, you know, my, my boss at the time. And, you know, we clicked very well and I got hired in a corporate company and doing sales, you know, and I'm good at sales but I'm only good at sales when I'm passionate about what I'm selling. Right. So like, I, I would say I'm a good salesperson, but I wasn't great there because I, I, I didn't, I didn't believe in the product or the service that we were doing. So um, that's why I always lacked, which then made me like, I'm like, well, F this. And, you know, I, I, there was like these virtual tours that were, you know, that were a big thing and Matterport cameras. And um, I learned about the technology and it had to do with like virtual reality and real estate. And, you know, I, 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 was just like, I want to start a business around this. And I like pretty much took a risk. I quit that job and like took the risk of like starting this virtual tour company. And um, I'm like, I just will figure it out. Like I'm, I'm a hustler. I'm going to figure it out. Right. You know, so that's kind of what I did, but I, I wouldn't say like, I had like a, a plan in college of like what, like I did business management and psychology. So I always wanted to manage people, but like I didn't know how I was going to get to that point. What do you think that is, is sweet? Oh, what do you think it is about college that kind of, I mean, you know, you can go to business school and you can, you know, major in business. Um, I know Matt, you know, you know, you majored in business as well, but in your experience, you know, all of us are recent college grads. And what do you think it is about college that kind of disincentivizes entrepreneurship? I don't think they teach you the core things about starting your own company or becoming an entrepreneur. Maybe because I, I didn't, wasn't an entrepreneur's emphasis. Like I was, I didn't do entrepreneurship as my emphasis, but mm -hmm. I don't even know in that emphasis, if they teach you like all that kind of stuff that I had to learn. Like, I feel like there's no better way to learn and like, then start your own company really, because like you kind of just have to figure it out. But I mean, like I would say college was useful for the network. Like I met a lot of cool people, like a lot of met different people that like, even like now I still stay in touch with some of them, you know, some of them, I, you know, I, we get some business deals going back and forth, but like, as far as like the education and like what I learned, you know, I, I wouldn't say like what I learned, like 1% of what I learned there has been carried over to like the three businesses that I've started. Uh, I, I, I've, I've learned from the, me literally starting one business to like learning, like 
what works and what doesn't to me starting a second business to be like, okay, this is what's worked and what hasn't. And to me starting now a third business to be like, okay, here's how we can go about things. And it's just like the people you surround yourself with, right. You know, are like, is pretty much the result of your net worth, which I, people always told me that I never understood, uh, you know, but if you surround yourself with like the people that are like smart and like motivated and are intuitive and have been through shit before, like they can also like help you know, mentor, you know, mentor and, and, you know, provide some advice on like how to do things. So like, you know, I hate to say it, like, if, if I can rewind what I go to college, probably not. I, I, I would probably be four, four more years ahead of my game if I just started these companies beforehand. But I, I mean, like, I, I'm not going to know, right? Like, I, again, I met a lot of people in college, but the education aspect of it, like, I don't know. It was all right. Yeah, dude, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I'm in a similar boat. Well, my whole thing was I got into college. Um, I started early high school early, I guess, because like my birthday. So I was like 17 when I graduated and then I graduated at 20 years old out of college. And like the whole goal was to just wrap up quicker just so I can be ahead of the game. But I went into commercial real estate right off the bat. And like, obviously that has nothing to do with like my business degree at all. Right. Like these guys do not care about business degrees. All they care about is that you're a hustler, you're a self-starter and like you want it. And so it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because you kind of think about shit. I could have been three years ahead if I just, cause I already knew this person I jumped into business with. Um, and then I could have just kept going, but that's the thing you just don't know, right? You take risks and you take challenges and you know, time goes on and, and you figure it out. Um, but yeah, in terms of like entrepreneurship, it's, it totally seems like you can't learn it. I, I know people, I know people that have like minored in it. I don't, I don't know anybody that's majored in entrepreneurship, but I know people that minored in it and the thing is, it's not taught, right? Like they, then they start reciting you like what you should do rather than like actually going and do it, doing it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's hustle, like isn't taught. It's kind of just, um, it's given, like it's given. Um, but like right out of college, int- I'm, I'm interested how I start, cause I did kind of like a business development for commercial real estate too. How'd you, how'd you like that? How'd you like that original, um, mm-hmm. jump in? Didn't dig it. I mean, I, I mean, like the salary I got paid extremely, like I negotiated a really good salary offer and commission. So like at my age, I'm like, I'm, I'm making good money, right? Which I was like, oh, money, like, this is great. I'm going to do well. And I, I, I'm going to kill it. And then like, once I really started, like, like, you know, and the company also promised me like mentorship and we'll teach you this. And they're like, all right, like, go ahead and do it. And I'm like, well, what am I doing? Right? Like, there's no guidance or training on it. So I was like, okay, well, how the hell am I going to get sales? If I don't know what I'm doing, I don't have a territory. So like the whole experience was kind of a mess to start with, but I mean, it, it just like the whole sale, like I was in, it was an escrow company. Like it just wasn't for me. Like I just like, I, I wasn't like waking up like super stoked to like show up to work. And that's how you just know, like if you're not stoked waking up to work, it's just not a fit. And obviously I understand people have to pay their bills. Like I still have bills to pay, but it gets, gets to a point where you're like, oh, I mean, how much longer am I just going to waste my time? You know? So, you know, w- with that whole escrow company, it was just like, I don't know, like it, I, I, it, it, like, and two, like, I was really restricted. Like, I, I like to like talk the way I talk and dress the way I, I like to dress. And like, I, you know, I, I couldn't dress like I was wearing certain suits and they didn't like it, right? Like, I wasn't wearing socks with my shoes or I was wearing low socks. They didn't like it, you know. So it's like I'm like, bro, I'm like a, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm like, I want to dress the way I want to dress. I'm younger. I'm not fucking fifty wearing a suit and tie. I'm not doing. It. I'm just not going to do it. So like you know, like that to me was a turnoff. Like if I can't be myself and I can't talk, like this is how I talk. Like, and even on my sales calls, I, I have sales calls with like people that have small companies. And I've talked to people that are the CEOs of the biggest companies. And I talk just the way I'm talking now, because I'm like, 
I've always just wanted to be myself and authentic with the way I like talk and sell and, and be myself. Cause I think that's a massive value. Like when you can be yourself, it's, it's a huge point. And I, I couldn't be myself there. Like they're always looking at what I was wearing, what I was doing, where I was going. And I was like, nah, if this, I'm out of here. I'm, I, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'd rather like make less and do it on my own and work for some, you know, work for somebody that controls what I do. Yeah, man. Ultimately like the reason, so I took off, I did commercial real estate for about six months and like similar dude situation. They said I'll be mentored this and that. And I did have one cool mentor. So I, I will never knock him for that. Um, but like the top guy there, man, I would wear like a short sleeve um, button up, like still button up even. Right. And he's just like, dude, no, like you cannot wear that kind of stuff. And like, or sometimes I'd wear like, I'm not going out in the field or I'm jumping on the phones. I'm wearing like vans, like, no, dude, you can't wear them. Like, dude, relax, man. Like everybody else is like that. Why can't I? And it's just like that control factor, you know, like you don't want to be restrained. You want to just be comfortable. And, you know, if you want to jump on the phone, just go on there. And yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny, dude, going straight out of college into like a sales role like that. Um, but what it does do, and I'm sure you have the same experience. Like it teaches you a lot about people in general, right. And like how people operate and like, it kind of shows you how you don't want to be in the future when you are in that position of them. Yeah. I mean, every job I've done, whether it's with my dad or like server jobs or like my corporate companies, I, I, I've learned exactly what I don't want to do going forward. So like it, it does, like I've learned like some great things, like, you know, I've learned some great things in each aspect of my work experience, but I've also learned a lot of things of like, uh, like I'm definitely not going to manage my people like that because like, if I'm feeling this way, I can't imagine whatever, how everybody else is feeling. So like, I've learned like what not to do, which I think is even, I think of learning what not to do is even more helpful than like learning what to do. Mm, yeah definitely. And, and just real quick you know i just wanted to point out that i think it's so important the the fact that you mentioned authenticity right like you don't want to talk a certain way to you know uh cater towards some people's interests or you know you don't want to wear something just for someone else's it's just like that's just not a fun work environment that's just not a fun life you know you just want to be yourself and talk how you talk dress how you dress and just and you know i feel like that also encourages people to work harder and you know work more for more for themselves rather than um thinking you know these this company is controlling me and and you know i'm just i'm just a worker where it's like they can be there they can be themselves and i think that's important like how you mentioned that you know you talk with like that with your sales and you talk like that with your employees so i think that's super important as well there's a there's a saying oh. by kevin o'leary he says like a salary is a drug they give you to get you to forget your mm -hmm. dreams yeah, and like yeah. that stayed with me so much. Like it's so true, especially early on in your twenties after college, like you said, where a salary, like having a consistent salary and commission on top of that is so enticing. And like, you know, it's, it's like, you feel, you feel um, like you can settle for that. But at the end of the day, like if you truly want to do something, your early twenties is the time to pursue it. And like refuse that drug as enticing as it sounds, what made you want to quit your job right because you said you you eventually left and then you wanted to pursue the thing that you have wanted to pursue for a long time well i mean so, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, there's a couple of different i mean going back to the salary thing like salary is an interesting thing like i know a lot of people that work salary and that's not to discredit people working in corporate if they love it that's great but like the way i looked at it you know i'm like okay i make 75 then i make 100 then i make 150 then i make 200 then i make 250 then i'm capped and i'm done you know the the CEO is never going to let me make more than he is. Right. So, you know, so it's like, you're, you're going to be capped eventually. And like, it would have taken me like three to five years. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to wait three to five years to make salary and do all that stuff. And like, then I get taxed. 
I always think of like post-tax, not pre-tax. Like you gave me a hundred thousand. That's not a hundred thousand. I still, I made a tax like, you know, $30,000 on top of that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So, but um, it had to do with just like one micromanagement. Like I hated the way I was managed. I hate, I hated being managed. I, I don't like the fact that people are like always asking me, where are you? What are you doing? Like, you know, tracking me, like, you know, looking at my calendar, like that to me just felt like very, just like sleazy. Um, the people, some of the people I worked with were great, but you know, I just like, you know, I, I kept waking up every day, just hating what I did, you know? And, and I just hated that feeling of like, like, uh, like I have to go to work where it's like the mentality is like, like, I'm very fortunate to get to work. Right. Like, you know, and, and, you know, like, that's why I literally just, I'm like, you know what, like, I don't even care about that. You get to a point, you don't even care about the money at this point. You're just like, if I can like literally do what I want to do, you know, whether that was like virtual tours or VAs or like the platform we're doing now, it's like, if I can make up like excited to work on a project or excited to work on a company and like provide other people an opportunity, then like, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I always say like money, like money will come. I'm not like really obviously money's great. You know, like, I'm not like really money, like money motivated, you know, like that's just not who I am. I mean, like, it's great to pay your bills and do extra stuff. And, you know, obviously everybody wants to make a good living, but like, I noticed with the companies is like, you're not going to make like a killing at the start. Like, it's just like, you know, unless you have this revolutionary thing that nobody's ever seen before, you know, or like, it's something insane, but like with all the companies, I knew I was going to have to like eat shit first to like, you know, get then like, I had to do like getting clients, reaching out to people, but it's cool because I was the one doing it. And I knew at the end of the day, like I was making, you know, I was making what I was putting into it. So like, that's what I enjoyed was like my efforts that I'm putting into it, like are going to, like no one else is like, it's not a benefit for everybody else. It's kind of the benefit for me, which I liked, like, you know, it, it, it sucked when like I was doing efforts and I was getting such a small piece of the pie and everybody else was getting a bigger piece of the pie. I never liked that feeling. Totally, man. It's a, it's a really crappy feeling, right? Um, when you're, you're, you're putting on all this work and then you just get like that, whatever percent commission. So jumping into that first, uh, company that you built, like how, how was it in the beginning? It was, it was good. It was a lot of education. Like a lot of people didn't know about virtual tours at the time. Like they didn't believe in it. They didn't understand it. I mean, I was doing a lot of presentations in front of a lot of people about like the benefits and, you know, why they should be incorporating it. And um, I mean, I got a lot of no's, so many no's, but like, you know, I, I just kept pushing until like, there's always going to be like one agent that saw the value in it. Um, and it was just like more, not even so much about the product is about the person selling the product. So like, I tried to build a, a personal relationship with them. Not so much just like sell, sell, sell. It's just like actually caring about the people that you are potentially going to work with or work with was really important to me. So like, you know, talk to them about their family, their kids, their dogs, like what they're up to, like, how, how can I help in any other way? So it's like building a personal relationship for me first was a big one. And then like, say like kind of like a soft sell. I'm, I was, I'm never like a, I'm not like a high pressure sales guy ever. I, Cause I hate types of, I hate people that are like that, you know, like that's me personally, I'm not going to go in and be like, Hey, here's the virtual tour. You need to buy it now. It just didn't make sense to me. So like I'd build these personal relationships. I made a lot of good relationships while I was in the escrow company. Um, you know, so like I met a lot of people like in title and escrow and agents and brokerages. So like I was able to like reach out to my network to see like how, you know, like how I, I can incorporate virtual tours and, you know, different, you know, in different real estate sectors. And, you know, like my network helped me push this technology and like brought me in presentations and, um, but I wasn't making that much for a while. Right. Like it took a while. And then like 
the pandemic hit like, and like virtual tours became like a necessity. And, you know, I, I, I had like, you know, I expanded my service catalog by adding like a photographer to my team and he was like amazing and he killed it. And, um, his name is Kelvin and you know he like by bringing him on like we were able to do like more than virtual tours which was great and then like we just expanded the company um from there and then like you know we I I exited in December because I'm like you know it just so I kind of lost a little bit of passion for for that so then once I knew I lost a little bit of passion for it um and like the uncertainty uncertainty in the real estate market I was just like you know the VA company for me was doing really well and I loved it. So I kind of just wanted to shift gears and just focus on one, but now I'm building another one. So it's, so it's like, now it's, now it's different. So, you know, talk to us about your current projects. You know, you, you're working on assistantly and um, how, how did you come up with uh, for assistantly? And, you know, was there like a moment of inspiration or was it just uh, kind of using your intuition and thinking of different ideas? No, it was like I, in the, our real, like, you know, the real estate marketing company that I had, it, it got to a point where we got so busy during the pandemic that like we couldn't handle the load. I mean, we were sending invoices late, like we were editing photos late, like things were slipping through the cracks, which is like not really like me, you know, like I, I like I'm, I'm really big on client service and making sure everybody's taken care of. But when the demand is so high, it, it made it hard because the team wasn't really big. So I had somebody come to me and be like, you should hire a VA to help you with some admin work. And I, I this was only two years ago. I was like, oh, what's a VA? And they're like, oh, a virtual assistant. I'm like, what is it, like a robot or like an AI tool? And they're like, no, it's like somebody like remotely will like help take some of those tasks off your plate. And I, I was like, okay, that sounds too good to be true, but okay. Um, so they, they connected me with this girl and you know she called me off a 949 area code in Newport Beach. Um, she's like, hey, is this Lathan? I go, yeah, this is Lathan. She goes, hey, like, you know, I heard you're interested in a VA. We'd love to hop on a Zoom. And, you know, I tell the story like a lot, you know, many times to a lot of different people. But, you know, anyways, like she, you know, we hopped on a Zoom call and, you know, I was like super stressed at the time. And I just wanted to get my stuff figured out and see like how I, I can improve the business and improve our client experience. And um, like five or 10 minutes in, I like, I was like, I go, man, like you have some good energy. Like you were really positive. Like, and it's really refreshing when somebody has like good energy when they're always tired and stressed out. Um, so like she had really good energy. And I was like, Are you from Irvine? You live in Irvine? She goes, No, I don't live in Irvine. I'm like, you don't live in Irvine? I go, okay, you live in LA, San Diego? She goes, No, I don't live in California. And I go, Oh, okay. You do you live in Texas, New York? She goes, No. I go, Where the, where that where do you live? And she said, the Philippines. And I go, Oh, there's no way. There's no way. Goes, you live in the Philippines? I go, you speak better English than I do. Holy shit. I go, what the hell? I go, what time is it over there? And she said, 3 a.m. And I go, it's 3 a.m. You have this much energy. You're talking to me right now. And I was like, just like blown away. I'm like, you drinking any coffee? She goes, no. And I go, what the I was like, what the hell? I go, what have you done as a virtual assistant for real estate agents and brokers? And she started naming off like 15 different things. And I was like, wait, wait that was you that was doing all this the entire time? I was so confused. And I was like, then I kind of like, you know sparked in my mind because like we had you know so many real estate clients in our in the real estate marketing company that were always like they needed help with like admin stuff or like sales stuff or social media stuff and i'm like dude i can't help you leave me alone i'm running my own business you know but i'm like they can use a virtual assistant like this would be perfect so then i I literally just asked her on the spot and i was like like i want to start a va company and she was like what no, then I asked her the question, how many people are like, how many people are like you in the Philippines? She said tens of thousands. And I was like, there's tens of thousands of people like you. 
that like are highly skilled and you know educated and like know what they're doing and she's like yeah and I was like uh I was like no brainer so I just literally asked her like hey like I want to start a VA company and she was super confused because we talked for 45 minutes and she thought I was going to hire a VA but I was like no I want to start a VA company didn't even know what a VA was like five minutes before that or you know before the call but I was like I think people can use this like I think it'd be great you know the, the world was going remote you know everybody was shutting down there was no offices you know like everybody shifted to remote i was like like these people were remote anyways like and they're great like they're great awesome people so i was like let's start a va company i want to start a VA company so i hired her as my director of ops and uh she like knew people in the philippines like she knew people in her network and then went to my clients and i was like hey this is what i'm doing and like do you want to try it out and like i had a couple of clients that tried it out and people were like kind of just word of mouth and talking about it and having a good experience and like we kind of just like slowly started building and then um i added like a really amazing awesome like mentor advisor partner to it and he's really really well connected in the business world so um we went from like real like it was real estate focused only to like now we're in like cbd and gaming and tech and professional services and like we have clients in us canada you know australia new zealand the uk europe like and it's crazy because it's all remote i mean the only person I, I've ever met in person was my C, my CMO and I work really closely together. She lives in LA, but everybody else like they're Philippines based or they're like in different states. And I have, haven't met 98% of my company. So 99. Wow. That, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah, it, feel, it feels weird because, you know, currently I'm working remote right now as well. And I've never met any of my coworkers. Right. And it's just like, this is like a new age. It's like a digital age, you know, like you don't even know these people. Um, but you mentioned you hired, um, you know, uh, it's this lady in the Philippines as your uh, director, right? What do you, what are your, uh, tips or what are some tips you would like to give about hiring and kind of what you look for in people, like their qualities and traits? Because I feel like it's, as an entrepreneur, it's a really important skill, uh, uh, that you need, which is hiring and like looking for the right people and building a team that is, you know, good and functioning well. I mean, I like people that take action, right? Like I like people that are like obviously critical thinkers, but like I, I ask situational questions where like, I don't want to have to like dictate every move they do, right? Cause then that's going to be a lot of work on my end to like always baby somebody. Like I want somebody that has a strong foundation and understands what they're about to get into, but like can take action without my guidance every single moment. Um, so like, you know, I also want people that like are willing to grow. Like I hire people with expectation, like you are going to grow. Like almost everybody in my company has like, especially on my like internal team has like grown from like a salesperson to like director of sales from like a client success manager to like, now he's my COO from like a recruiter to like the head of recruitment. I, I mean, like, and it's funny cause like I train people from scratch. Like I actually, I prefer to train people from like scratch sometimes. Like I, I turn like a, a, a great sales guy to a, like a recruiter. Right. Like I, you know, I, I you know, I trained as, you know, as a, a sales guy to like, you know, operations and client success like you know like it's just more like good attitude positivity you know like I, what i noticed with the remote is like the first part is like showing up like show up to work you show up to work on time you're the job time and you're already halfway there by showing up on time you know but like having somebody that's like willing to learn is like a big one like willing to grow and willing to take action um you know we ask four very specific questions like you'll see i'm going to post it on my linkedin i think on monday but like they're called like the four unicorn questions and it's like the reason we ask those four specific questions is to understand is like is somebody logical are they tactical are they intuitive 
Are they independent thinkers? Are they dependent thinkers? Are they procrastinators? Are they organizers? Like we, I mean, like I ask very fun questions. I don't just like ask like, tell me about your experience. I, like, I mean, or like, tell me about your college or your degree or I don't really care, honestly. Like, I don't care how old you are or what kind of experience you have or where you went to college. Like if you're willing to learn and you're excited to like show up to work and you're willing to grow and you have a positive attitude, like you can be trained on anything. In in your experience, right, as as a co-founder CEO, going off of what Jenna just asked you, there there's, you know, different types of working styles. And what have you noticed in terms of, you know, people who do have jobs and have to report to people? What are some qualities that make people productive and, you know, enable them to kind of climb that corporate ladder? Time blocking, probably. Like, you know, blocking off your time. Like, you know, like for me, um, I'm like an ADD person, right? Like, and I'm like a squirrel. I see something or like I work on one project and I do like a quarter of it. Then I work on another project. I work on a quarter of it. Like, so like I literally block time where it's like, you know, whatever, like whatever, it depends on the tasks that you do, right? Like really for that job. But like, let's say like you have a certain list to do, you know, for that day or for that week is like creating a priority list is really important. Like what's important to get accomplished now? And like, like what can be put on the back burner for like the next week or couple of days? And I think a lot of people, like, they have so many tasks on their plate and they don't know where to start and they don't know where to go. And, like, they do a little bit of each, but, like, things don't get done on time and then, like, they get screwed, right? But, like, you know, time blocking and, like, putting a priority list in place, um, like, bringing ideas to the table. Like, I, I mean, I personally love when people, like, bring different ideas or do things that I don't ask. You know, like, I think that's, like, a quick way to grow. Like, I think that's how, like, my client success manager grow from, like, a client success manager to, like, the COO, COO of the company and, I will potentially, depending on how the next project or next company that we, you know, goes, like I potentially may even make him a, the CEO of the company because like he like does stuff that I don't ask. And it's like, he like, he like kept track of everything like on Excel that I never asked him to, I didn't even know that he was doing it. And like, you know, he brings really good suggestions on how to handle situations. And like, I love people that like bring ideas to the table and bring something new and innovative to the table on how we can improve. Um, or like, if there's a hole in the business that we can plug, like that to me is like really important. Like if you're just doing your job, like great. If you're just doing your tasks, like that's fantastic. But I feel like the way to grow quicker is like, you got to do a little bit more than just your tasks. Like you have to bring something new or something, a way to make, you know, the job more efficient or the way to make the company more money for like them to be like, ah, this person, like they get it. They love what they do. They love the company. They see like good projection and growth. And like, here's what they're going to bring to the table. Like you got to bring something to the table besides like just working, clocking in eight to five, like that's not a problem. That's totally cool. But if you want to grow in a higher position faster, um, you, you got to think outside the box a little bit. For sure. So like in a business model, like perspective, so assist, what assistantly does is do you essentially bridge the gap between companies and then the external, uh, you know, people in the Philippines or wherever it may be. And that's, that, that's kind of the model there, right? Is that correct? Essentially, yeah. So like, you know, small, mid-sized, large companies are looking to fill certain roles, whether it's like an ops manager or a salesperson or an executive assistant. And like, they'll come to us and they'll tell us, tech, I want somebody part-time or I want somebody full-time. Here's the types of tasks I want them to do. Here's the types of tools and platforms I'd like them to know. Um, you know, and then like, we recruit specific to each person. Like, we don't like have like a pool of VAs waiting around. Like, you know, because okay, like every, every every client is so different on what they need. Obviously, there's clients that have like you know very similar job you know job roles and job types. But um, 
then we recruit specific to that client. Like they, you know, they get an interview, some of the, you know, three of the candidates, they choose whoever they think is best. And, and like the client pays us, you know, a subscription and then we pay the VA and then we, you know, essentially collect the middle. Right. So it's like, you know, it's a subscription. It's a subscription on a monthly basis. Um, so it's like, I, I mean, I've always been a fan of like the recurring revenue. Um, my first business, the first business when marketing was like per project, which can be pretty inconsistent. Like you got one month, you're doing great. Then, you know, slower months are not doing very great, especially in real estate. It's hot and cold where like the VA business to me was attractive because I'm like, you know, people need, you know, these VAs to work in their business on like a consistent basis and it's recurring. So it's like a consistent cash flow, which I really liked. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's a little bit about how the model So they're works. not, so are, the people that you're hired, are they, is it like contract work for them, even though it's a subscription through you? Yeah. So I, everybody in my company, they're contractors. So, I mean, like, you know, like they, they're contracted to work on a part-time or full-time basis, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like, you know, we, we offer extremely high compensation, you know, we, we offer health, um, gotcha. you know, like a health stipend. We offer like health and wellness coaching. You know, we offer monthly bonuses and, you know, meetings and raffles. And so we, we like to really take care of our people. Like, you know, we, like the reason, like I, I did one by uh, Damon John, the shark tank, you know, shark tank guy. Like I did yeah. like a recent post about it, about like his biggest thing was like, you know, like you don't have to create something new. Like, you know, you don't have to create this new company that does something like entirely new. You can take like what's different and just make it better. Right. Like the VA industry has been around since 2008. And I'm like, damn, like I was like a baby. Right. You know, and I didn't even know about it for like the longest time. I wish I would do it if I knew about VAs a long time. I mean, it would be a different story. But um, like I just like took an industry where like the CEOs of these VA companies are like 40, 50. They're older people are very dinosaur the way they go about things. And I was like, I'm a freshen it up. And like, if you look at the copywriting in my website, I say like the F word a couple of times. I say shoot a couple of times. Like, I, I, I'm not hiding that stuff. I'm not going to be professional. Like I've had people who are like, oh, you're, that's not very professional. I'm like, don't work with me. I don't care. Right. Go somewhere else. Right. I, I mean, if you don't want to work with me based off the stuff I say on the website, that's totally fine. And I also have like a lot of people that are like, oh, I love your website. I love how authentic and engaging it is. And like, you know, I love the way you take care of your people. And like, you know, I, I wanted to take, you know, something that's been around freshen it up and like really take care of the people because the, like, you know, I, a lot of the people that are in the VA industry are not taken care of properly. And I wanted to make sure like that was like the core function of the company is like, let's bring people like on two opposite sides of the country to like better the business. Right. But like also treating these VAs, like they've never been treated before, um, which I've been fortunate to like do. I've been able to hire hundreds of hundreds of VAs in you know, the Philippines, which, you know, is a, they have amazing culture, but you know, it's like not as fortunate, obviously here as the U S there's like typhoons and power outages and, you know, like, you know, COVID was really big there. And there's like a lot of shit there that they go through that. You know, I wanted to make sure that, that, you know, we could provide an opportunity somewhere else. So I think also like, you know, just correct me if I'm wrong, but the timing was kind of perfect because you made assistantly in 2020 and that's when, you know, COVID hit, it was like, prime and everybody was indoors so I think people got used to the idea of working remotely right before then it was more like people yeah you can have a virtual assistant but people weren't really accustomed to it. they weren't used to it but with COVID everybody's staying home working remote now now a VA is just like any other employee like it's not anything special it's not anything like oh this is a person um working from the Philippines you know it's like it's just like oh it's just an, another employee another person working for a company right so I think the timing really helped there as well um 
Yeah, timing's timing's key. I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know I was gonna do as well as I did. I, I mean, I, I hoped it would it would have, but like I, I mean, timing is like for me. I saw remote workforce was shifting. Right, everybody was working remote. All the offices were closed. So I'm like, well, why, you know, why not hire, you know, exactly. VAs yeah. for your business that, that can do like, and that's not to discredit anybody in the U.S. and their role types and like, you know, their capabilities, like, because, you know, I have people that work in the U.S. that do a great job, but, you know, I, I love the way the Filip- you know, Filipinos like work and their culture and how, you know, how hard they work and how well they are and, you know, yeah. um, how they only want to see your business. Like, they, they're like just really awesome, amazing people. And it, it's really opened my eyes. So it's like, for me, I, I want people to have that same experience that I have, like with my, my team. Um, so they can have something like that on, on, on their team. So, yeah. And, and I'm glad you're, you know, uh, compensating them and treating them well, because a lot of, um, you know, uh, workers um, or, or in the past, like a lot of VA companies, didn't, you know, treat them well. So I think that's important as well. I wanted to ask you, you know, in your projects, in your business assistantly, like um, what were some of the more like memorable mistakes or problems that you've had, you know? Can you tell them like how you solved them and maybe how the lessons you learned can be applied for young entrepreneurs? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the biggest things is niching down and knowing your audience, which is like, you know, like for me, I, I was doing just real estate, right, to start, which was really great. And the problem is, you know, when I started opening the floodgates to different industries, it became a lot harder to like, you can't like, once you're getting into CBD and gaming and tech, like it's great, you have like a, a broad customer base or client base, but it's like, you know, like the marketing campaigns, like you got to like now market to different industries and it makes it a lot more complicated. So like knowing your audience is really important and like niching down is really big. Like I, I, I wish I'd have just stayed within like one niche because we've been able to grow a lot faster and scale a lot faster, even though we scaled pretty fast, like, you know, like niching down to like one thing or one industry or one vertical or like knowing your audience up front and like defining your audience or defining your ideal client will make it easier going forward when starting a company of like, instead of saying like, I want everybody to try this. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't want everybody to try this. You know, you, know, you maybe you, your focus is like, you know, startups that have like 10 employees, right? You know, maybe it's like, I, you know, fitness coaches is your, is your, is your target. So it's like, you know, the third company that's being launched in August is called VIP days. And the whole concept's pretty wild, but it's like pretty much hiring a service provider to get stuff done in a day, right? Like, you know, you know, they can help you create SOPs in a day or help you create branding in a day or help you create, you know, or help you with high level strategy in a day. And these are like high level experts um, that will literally spend a one-on-one day with you. And like VIP days are very specific offering. So it's like, you know, I'm not doing hourly, I'm not doing monthly retainer, I'm not doing product based. It's like VIP days. So like when we're, you know, when we're doing this, you know, this platform that we're launching, you know, next month, it's like, it's just VIP days. And it makes it so much easier now. Cause like, we're not, we're not after like every service provider. We're not after like every, you know, monthly retainer. We're not trying to compete with Upwork and Fiverr. It's completely different, you know, on, on the way, you know, um, we market it and the, like, the type of people that we want on a platform. So um, like niching down is one of them. Um, you know, I, the fastest way to grow I've learned is like partners, like not like necessarily equity partners but people that like like use your product that love it to have a good network like you know that can you know promote and advertise you you know somebody that like wakes up in the morning and they're like oh like i love assistantly like let me plug them like our company like we barely put any marketing dollars in our company like really not that many marketing dollars like it's all word of mouth or referral like i would say 85 to 90 percent of our clients are referral based um, which is like, you know, that's the best, most powerful thing is like word of mouth or referral. 
you know, because like people trust people, which I noticed. Um, so if like, you know, if, if like, you know, uh, Matt, you know, has a good network and, you know, Matt uses us and everybody, like, if people are looking at Matt and Matt's like, oh, I use assistantly and the VAs are awesome. They're like, oh, like Matt said, they're awesome. I got to go try them out. Right. So like, you know, or maybe they're like, Hey Matt, like I, you know, your VA is great. Like, where did you get your VA from? And oh, I got them from assistantly. Like I, I've learned that like the fastest way that we were able to grow was just like good partnerships or good affiliates. And like, that's where like, that's like my goal is just literally creating as many partnerships as we can, because in different verticals, whether it's like software or real estate or gym, or we have some really awesome partners that like literally push us business and like, obviously they get a commission off of it or percentage like off the deals. But to me, it's worth it because it comes from a trusted verified source. That makes sense. Uh, kind of uh, stepping back a second. So what happened, I know you mentioned, like, obviously in the Philippines, like in, you know, um, undeveloped countries, like disasters happen, right? Like power outages, way more common, um, you know, hurricanes, such like that. How do you guys get around that? Like, I'm sure it affects them, right? And in like the sense of doing the work. It's just, I mean, it's just kind of given, right? Like, you know, I, I, I wish I was able to control the weather in the Philippines, but unfortunately <laughs> I can't, you know, like it, it, it make it easier, but like, you know, it's like when there's typhoons and power outages, like. I always say, like my, I always say this, to, like, it is what it is, right? Like, you know, and that's like the expectations. Like we've set those expectations up front with a lot of the clients when we say like, you know, you were hiring somebody in the Philippines, they're like, they're great workers, but you know, th there may be power outages or maybe like typhoon season. Like there, you know, there may be like, you know, there might, like there was a COVID outbreak. Like they're like, we don't just say everything is going to be like, you know, rainbows and unicorns every single day. Cause like, that's not realistic. Also like the price they're paying for it is like, it's a more affordable contractor, right? So like, not saying you get what you pay for, but obviously it's a lot cheaper than the U.S. Like U.S., we have stable Wi-Fi, we have air conditioning, we don't have any like really weather condition problems. Like there, you do. So it's like you know we set that expectation up front. We we try to you know to the best of our abilities, and a lot of our clients understand. Like you know like you know I'm in Orange County. I mean we're not going to get a typhoon here. I hope not. But you know like it's it's like it's 75 degrees. I'm working in an office. Like it's not like that over there. So it's like you know it's which is. You know, we, we, we just, we, we try to make that clear to our, you know, our clients so they understand. For sure. So I'm, I'm not sure if you know this out of curiosity though, um, since they're like on contract work, is there a way, cause obviously they could have like an escort, right? But I don't know how the Filipino tax system works. Are they able to like, like lean on some of those incentives? And I'm not sure. I have, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I've never, you know, I've never really dove into like how the you know the tax thing works there i'm sure obviously it's a lot different than it is in the u.s right. obviously like we have a lot of u.s contractors so like we always encourage them like you should probably do it as an s corp llc because then you know you can get paid and you can write off on different business expenses but for, for the you know for the filipino community um that's your question i'm not quite sure on, on how they on how they do work oh, on their taxes sure. um but like you know our, our job is just to make sure they get paid well and get paid on time so whatever they do with their money elsewhere is completely up to them yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So honestly, I think this is like a great business model, right? Because not only are you solving a problem, but you're also like helping like a distinct group, right? Um, obviously, it's 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 cool what you're doing. But is this the oftentimes entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, they have multiple projects like you've had. Um, but just because one project became the biggest doesn't mean they're the most proud of it. Is there a different project like you're like, like really proud of that you did or like you went after? Um, or, or is this is this the one? So far, this is the one. Like my last company was cool; it, it did well, but I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, 
this one was like the one that made me the most proud. It was a cool company. I was able to be like my own boss essentially, but I wouldn't say like that one was like a revolutionary one for me. You know, it was just like, you know, it was nothing crazy. This one was like a really fun one to build because like, you know, when, you know, when you're able to manage hundreds of people and, you know, see the types of things that like we can help people do. And, you know, like it's, it's more motivating and it's, it's a very exciting um, for me to see. And, you know, I, I I'm never going to stop working on projects. I think it's just the entrepreneur in me. Like I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't even say I'd be doing this for the next 20 years. There's probably not, a, there's probably no way, but um, I just, just the passion. Like I sold the, you know, the last one and I have a system and I'm starting another one. And like, I don't know, you never know. I mean, like ideas come, I, what I do is like, you know, like with any ideas that we have, like I act on the ideas. I don't just sit and wait around, you know, like I, I'm like, you know, my dad, you know, who's like extremely foreign used to tell me like, you know, your idea is so great, but it doesn't mean shit because you're not doing it. You're not making any money from it. Like great idea. Cool. But like, what are you doing to make this idea come to life? And I'm like, well, nothing. Right. You know? So it's like, you know, like people have, people have such great ideas, but it's like, you just got to start and like, you learn, like, I didn't know how to do an LLC or S corp or like taxes or bookkeeper or CPA or like any of that stuff for like how to invoice clients. But like, you know, if you think it's a good idea, you know, like you kind of just figure it out as you go. Um, I, I've also been like, kind of like, I know a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and CEOs probably don't agree with this, but like, I just say, I never really even created a business plan for any of my businesses, which is probably bad to say. I kind of just like, you know, I had a girl that like I, I was uh, interviewing with like a parcel pending, I think the company was. Um, and uh, she's like, oh, we need to, you know, we, we spent like, you know, you gotta spend like six months on a business plan. And I was like, mm, no, nah, that's too much time for me. I'm not gonna do that. I'd rather spend six months getting into the business. I'll probably figure it out. And like, obviously like, you kind of like, once you're in it, you start kind of figuring out, you know, what the plan is and what the projections are and like what you're looking to do. But I've never been like a big, business plan i like kind of look at like how are clients responding to our product and service how can we adjust it to make it better like we can i can tweak as i go so mm -hmm. when you when you have a business uh, idea or you know an, an opportunity is it just like intuition for you is it just like you know this i you know, based on your past experiences this is probably going to work or like I'm, I'm, you said right now you don't really take like a more analytic approach where you kind of write out a whole business idea script you know I mean, I, I don't care if I fail or not. I think that's one of the things like, you know, if I fail or whatever, at least I tried, right. You know, but like for me, like even like the next company that we're launching is just like, I'm like, it also is in connection to this company, right? Like, you know, we have a lot of business owners that don't have their SOPs established or they don't have their brand created or like they don't have any strategy. And like, you know, we want clients that like have their shit figured out before they come to us, like their VAs are set up for success, right? So like when the VIP days concept idea came to me, you know, from, you know, my, you know, from my CMO, I'm like, why don't like, there's got to be a platform or business to connect VIPs with like certain, you know, business owners, because I think every business owner should hire a VIP for like different stuff. So then I'm like, like, let's just roll with it. And then like, you know, like, we, I mean, we're launching in August, but like, we have like a, like a 400 person wait list already, which, you know, it sounds maybe small for some people for a platform, but for us, it's a new space. It's like, like, it's not really well known at all. There's not really too much on VIP days. So like, but like we're getting such like high, you know, high engagement, which is really exciting. And people are stoked for this and like stoked for the opportunity to showcase them at themselves as a VIP to potential clients and prospects. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I've, I've also had an idea before where I'm like, I thought it was a good idea. Then I started getting into it. I'm like, ah, this is a shitty idea. Right. Like, you know, like, but like very 
I, I typically like to act on ideas where I'm like, this is like, you either go all in or you, you don't go at all. Right. Like I, I I'm going to go, I, I go in like, this is my plan. A there's no plan B. Right. And if a plan A fails and flops, then whatever. Right. So like, you know, like I'm hoping this VIP days, you know, it is kills it and crushes it. Like that's my goal. And I'm going to do everything in my power with the team. We have a really good team for this one to start, you know, at the forefront to really launch this thing. But I'm not going to cry a river, you know, if it doesn't, you know, like I, I learned from like, I learned from doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, like I always like, I, I, I'm always like starting as the hardest part. Like if I start, I'll just keep on going. So that's typically how I go about things. One of my business professors in college used to say that ideas are cheap. Like anytime totally. a student come up to him and he was like, yeah, ideas are cheap. It's all about execution. If you don't execute something, you know, it's, it's worthless. Like it, it's like as if it didn't exist. So it's a great point. Um, on that note, it's been a great conversation so far. We appreciate your time. We're going to link all the information about assistantly in the description. So people who are interested can read more about you and go to your LinkedIn page as well. Uh, any last words or thoughts you want to say to any young entrepreneur out there who's trying to do what you have, are currently doing? Yeah, no, I'm well, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a, it's been a, like a super fun conversation. I mean, I love talking to, you know, like different like-minded people and like, you know, especially in the business realm or like, you know, just trying to help other people kind of get, you know, get, you know, get off and, and launch. But, um, you know, advice is just like, you know, you, you always hear like, if you're, if you're in a corporate job and you have a good idea, like, you know, you started out as a side hustle first, right. You know, and see like what kind of attention you're going to get. Like I'm big on piloting like you pilot it and then you see, right? Like you get customer feedback right away. Like I piloted the VA stuff. I'm like, I got good client response. I'm like, you know, and then I also got response. I'm like, ah, I don't like this. And I, I adjust it. So like piloting is like really big for me. I, I, I think like if you're able to like somehow like pilot or test the idea, um, it really helps like duct taping stuff. Like dude, I'm big on duct taping stuff, especially to start. Like I was creating this platform, you know, and I was like, it's going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. And like, my buddy was like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, you're going to put that much money into a platform that you don't even know is going to work. And I was like, you're right. I'm an idiot. I go, he's like, just duct tape it together, create like an MVP, you know, like, a, you know, the minimal viable product of the, of the, of the company. And then like, see like what people were like, how people respond to it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's what I did. I, instead of putting hundreds of thousands of dollars, like I put a certain budget towards it. We're building it. And we hope it does well. And for every company, like that's kind of the way, you know, just duct tape it, you know, like don't be afraid to duct tape it. It doesn't need to be perfect to start. Like, you know, the simpler you can make things, the better. I've learned, like, I always complicate things. I've always, I always used to complicate things. I'm like, but I'm like, like my agreements are one pagers, bullet points, right? Cause it's easy to skim. Like my LinkedIn posts are like hook bullet points, easy to skim, like one minor break. So people are easily, easy to read and easy to scan. I, I learned like, like being simple kills and crushes everything. Like, cause like people, people all like to overcomplicate stuff. And, it's, and I, I run into this problem with so many other entrepreneurs or clients or prospects. It's like, like, dude, you're so overcomplicating this. It's a lot simpler than you think it is. It's just like, you know, and obviously not everybody's mind works like that, but I really try to make things as simple as possible. Like, you know, I try to make my schedule as simple as possible. You know, I try to make the relationship as simple as possible. You know, I try to make my, you know, businesses as simple as possible. Like I lay out everything as simple as possible. So like people are not going to ask me a billion questions. Like I'm, I'm not going to write a crazy SOP when it, it, could, it, it, things can be condensed in three to five bullet points. And that's just facts. Like, 
Yeah. I wish I would have wrote my essays different in college because I would have probably wrote, instead of writing a seven-pager, I would have probably wrote that in one pager. Probably would have got an F, but like everything that you need could be done in a one-pager, dude. Like one-pagers are, yeah. like my decks are one, like everything could be like condensed and simple, simplified. So like even when you come, like people come up with their processes, like like there's no need to overcomplicate, like make it simple, make it easy to understand. Like I, I there's something that like last there's something that I saw on LinkedIn from another entrepreneur um and you know he, he it's like an email marketing software he, he's pretty big on linkedin and he said um most like you get more of a reply on your emails when you write like a fifth grader and i was like what the f you write like a fifth grader and i'm like okay so you want me to dumb down what i said so like i literally like wrote a two-line email and like i got like a crazy roi on my sales email because like i don't like i used to write these long emails like just like da -da -da, and i'm like I go, would I read a long email? Fuck no, I ain't writing. I'm not going to read a long email. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not, I like to work on my phone. I only work on my laptop if I'm work, if I'm on Zoom calls. I work on my phone otherwise. My Slack, my Notion, I'm, I, I work pretty much fully on my phone. And I'm like, it's got to be like mobile friendly and it's got to be simple. But like, I, I try to like be simple and write like a fifth grader where people can like understand, baby it down for people. Like, you know, because you might understand it, but somebody else might not. So, um, yeah, that's some of my advice for sure. For sure. As the saying goes, keep it simple, stupid, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so. very true, man. Well, appreciate everything, dude. Um, great absolutely great value for the for the audience here. So and for us too. I learned a lot, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. I, I appreciate you guys having me on and um I'll, I'll I'll continue to follow the podcast and you know, I, I I'm excited to see what you guys have in store. Consistency, that's what we talked about. Just being consistent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.